I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. Again this week, and it's been a busy week here on the podcast. Hope you're enjoying some of the content on here. But it is Wednesday, June 17th, and we have some more news that we wanted to break down. Uh, focusing on Illinois football recruiting as Illinois gets another commitment from the Sunshine State three-star linebacker Dylan Rosiak out of Florida. And uh, we'll talk with Ryan Easterling about what his he thinks of Dylan Rosiak, what he thinks of the Illini's other recent addition, Patrick Bryant, as well. And while Dylan Rosiak does not have any other Power 5 offers, does not have a high ranking, Ryan is very high on Dylan Rosiak, and as am I. Of course, the comps are going to come because he comes from Tarpon Springs, went to East Lake High School, where Jake Hansen graduated. The uh, comps are going to come, uh, and they are going to be inevitable, but I think they are fair with Jake Hansen because both have similar size, similar athleticism, and a similar penchant for taking the football away from opponents, which, of course, Lovey Smith is a big fan of. So we talk about that. We talk about Illinois and all their work in Florida and Georgia so far in this class, what we think of this class right now, and, and what the last couple, six weeks of, of adding all these commitments means for them moving forward. So we'll talk about all of that with Illinois football recruiting, recent commits, where they're going from here. That's coming up next with Ryan Easterling. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, back on the Illini Inquirer podcast, and we got Ryan Easterling, Illini Inquirer, and Ryan, a couple, man, it feels like just weeks ago, we were sitting here talking about what's going on with this class, the state of affairs, and I think you and I both knew, like, they're going to fill this class. I'm not concerned about that. Uh, it was more, what level of recruitments are they going to win? Where are they going to find these prospects? And Illinois adds another one today as we record this Wednesday, June 17th. Another from Florida, their fourth commitment in the class of 2020. 20- 
21 out of Florida. They're sixth from the southeast. That would be Florida and Georgia here. And uh, a pretty good linebacker prospect that we both like, Dylan Rosiak. Uh, what do you think of, of Dylan at that inside linebacker position? First of all, it feels a little bit weird to be recording the podcast after the news happens, but you know we'll take it. Uh, you know, honestly, I've watched a lot of linebacker film over the last two or three years as different guys have committed here and there. And honestly, um, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, and from just uh, you know being in the right place at the right time, and and just being sound, I, his film was really up there among the best that I've seen. Um, you know, athletically, he's probably got a little bit of growing to do. Um, but, you know, how well he plays and how mistake-free he tends to play uh, really makes up for a lot of that, I think. You know, he's, he's a great sound tackler. It's rare that he doesn't form tackle. Uh, he puts himself in positions to force turnovers, whether that's interceptions or forcing fumbles. I mean, we took the lazy comp here, but it's, it's, Jake, Hansen's, it's Jake Hansen's doppelganger as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the guys just play so similarly. It's same high school, and now they're, they're headed to the same college. So, you know, I think there's a lot to like about him. He's a really intelligent player. I mean, the fact that he's got offers from a bunch of the service academies and a bunch of Ivy League schools says that, you know, he's got a, got a good head on his shoulders too. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot to like about this one. Um, I was a little surprised that he didn't have really any more Power 5 offers, especially being a guy in that Tampa metro area. But, you know, from, for Illinois' credit, um, you know, he saw that Lovey Smith has a great pedigree of recruiting linebackers and – you know, he's got a great connection with Jake Hansen, a guy that's been kind of a mentor to him. And so it really just seemed like a match that was meant to be. Yeah, it's hard not to to make the comp, right? I mean, I, I don't think it's lazy. I think it's a pretty credible comp, actually. It's mm-hmm. easy, right? It is easy because they play Too East easy. Lake, white linebackers out of Florida, right? So, but we're not comparing Trevor Moffat to Jake Hansen, right? Like this is a completely different, like the size, the build, the speed. I think Rosiak has power five speed. Um, and, and the thing that I think really intrigued them was you, you mentioned the Ivy League offers, but sometimes you can be smart and not that football smart. And, and Rosiak is really football smart. I mean, his uh, football IQ of where to be, his vision, he, he just got that instinct on the field. Uh, but also, um, you know, I, I think Rosiak just knows how to punch the ball away. Six force fumbles. And that's a lot like Jake Hansen as well. And, you know, Jake's going to be that middle linebacker this year. I think they envision that. And I think he can he can sit back in coverage. And, well, I think linebackers, um, you know, he's a little undersized at 6'1", compared to the, the ideal 6'3", kind of middle linebacker. Uh, he might struggle with some tight ends and all of that. But this is a guy that should have time to develop, Ryan, behind Tariq Barnes, behind Shimon Cooper. Two guys are expected to play middle linebacker for Illinois. Uh, and there is some versatility. Those guys can play weak side linebacker too so I don't want to just pigeonhole them there but I think this guy will have time to develop red shirt and and probably have three years where he can make an impact possibly in the linebacker rotation eventually hopefully as a starter uh, but also a guy that that can impact on special teams so while this isn't the guy at the top of the class much like Jake Hansen was I I think he's got a pretty high floor and and I think he's got a ceiling of a multi-year starter yeah and kind of like you said I mean I uh, there's there are definitely some questions about coverage because there's really just not a whole lot of pass coverage on his tape. You know, a lot of what he does is run coverage, and he's really really good at it. Um, but you never really get to see him run with a, a slot receiver for a few yards. You get to see him run down the seam with a tight end. You know, I think he could hang for a while, but against some of the more athletic and big tight ends, he might have some problems here and there. Um, you know, with him just being such a smart and crafty player, I think he would find ways to maybe keep up. Um, you know, not necessarily just relying purely on athleticism. 
Um, but you know, being such a heady player and, and being a guy that understands not only his position, but everybody else's position on the defense, I see him eventually being a guy that is that quarterback of the defense, mm-hmm. uh, that can get his teammates into position that once he really learns the playbook is going to be the type of guy that makes the other people around him even better, not just himself, uh, because he understands not only his position, but he understands, uh, the play and the position of those around him. You know, Ryan, you, you get a commitment like this and a lot of people see the offer list isn't that long. Right. Um, and I think if you have a class full of those guys, that's probably an issue. Right. Um, but in this case, what do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it's I guess it's a little bit concerning, like you said, if every guy is like that. But to me, when you put on his film, if, if you know what you're looking for and you like what you see, then trust your gut and go for it. And honestly, I think a lot of the traits that he brings are the exact things that they're going to want in this team. You know, it's, it's, what is he going to bring to this football team based on what we need? You know, is he the guy that, that plays in that mold of lovey ball where he forces turnovers? Does he play kind of running and, and flying to the football? Does he play with good instincts? You know, is he sound? Does he take chances and make mistakes or does he avoid those? You know, those are all questions that you ask when you're looking over the film. And, you know, from what I saw in that film, I, I tend to like to watch the film before I look at an offer list, if it's possible, because I like to form my own opinion of a guy before I see what everybody else thinks of him mm-hmm. and then kind of weigh what I, my score was against what those guys have rated him at. And, you know, honestly, I watched Rosiek's film once. I really liked it. And then I went back again, kind of as his commitment was, was coming forth and watched it again to be able to do an evaluation on him. And I was like, man, I just, I really like what this guy brings to the table. You know, he's not like a monster back there as a linebacker. He's not one of those six, three, two forty guys that can run like a deer. Like Merlin Robertson plays, or something like that. Oh right? yeah. Like, that guy's but no he just doubt. Plays, oh yeah. Yeah. But he just plays good, sound, solid football. And he's a, a guy that you can count on. And I think that was important for them to get, especially without a whole lot of experience depth at linebacker after this next season. Yeah, and uh, one thing about the evaluations that I, I think Lovey Smith is pretty good at, which shouldn't be a surprise, is linebackers and defensive backs. Like, like the back seven, I, I think this staff tends to be really good at evaluating. And I think that's where you're going to find a lot of guys who are between 5'11 and 6'2. Right, you're gonna find a lot of guys that are between 170 pounds to 230 pounds. It's the guys up front, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, usually that I want to see more big time offers from, or wide receivers who have speed and size. Like I, I think those are the ones where, where that matters just a little bit more. But I, I tend to like what they look at with linebacker. Whether it was Trevor Moffitt, listen, I know he's not the biggest guy. But that's a power five athlete, right? Those are power five traits. Uh, some of the DBs they've gotten, whether it was, uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon. I looked at that film and I go, this kid actually's got pretty good film. Or Nate Hobbs, whatever it was. Sidney Brown. Mm-hmm. You turned on that film. We were both like, this kid was a pretty good find. Um, so I, I think those traits they've done a pretty good job of identifying in the back seven. Yeah, and and I mean, it, again, it's one of those where does the film show what you're looking for? you know, and they, they're not going to care about offer lists. I mean, sure. Offer lists are a good indication of how wanted a kid was, but it's not necessarily an indication of whether a kid was found or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been able to find some diamonds in the rough. Um, and you know, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Like sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but they've done a pretty good job, at least in most cases of finding guys that were under recruited and turned out to be a lot better than what their offer list suggested. Yeah. And, uh, it's not like this kid's five ten. Runs a five forty, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like this kid looks he's six one, two ten right now. And it looks like he runs probably what a four seven, four six, somewhere in there. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's got he's got power five speed. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing too, is you know, with the way he plays, he doesn't necessarily have to have four five, four six speed. I mean, even if he is in the upper four sixes, he takes all the right angles. So it's not like he's wasting any motion. And I think that's the thing is He's not the type to get so aggressive that he overruns plays and then puts himself in a bad spot. He he's really good at reading the play, diagnosing the play, and taking the proper angle to put himself in position to make the tackle, make the interception, and in a lot of cases, knock the ball loose. All right, Illinois got a commitment last week as well. Patrick Bryant, you talk about offer list. This kid had a really impressive offer list. Got a lot of them earlier on in his career, but Illinois still beats out West Virginia, some other Power 5 programs towards the end of this. Six foot three, 187 pounds. Uh, he's a top 1,000 prospect in the uh, composite rankings. Ryan, what did you think of him on film? Well, I think it was really important that they got another outside receiver. Uh, you graduate Ricky Smalling and Joshi Matorbebe after this year. And so getting a guy that can go up and get it um, to go along in the future with Brian Hightower and from beyond, uh, beyond when Hightower is at Illinois, I thought it was important that they go up and get a big rangy guy with a wide catch radius. Um, you know, when you graduate a guy like Josh Bebe, you could just throw it up to and get it. Um, you're looking for that next guy in line that can kind of carry the torch once he leaves. Um, and I think Bryant has a frame where he's going to be able to carry another 15 to 20 pounds. No issue. Um, you know, he doesn't have that top end burner speed, but he's such a matchup problem with his size and length that he, he gives an opportunity to catch the ball every time you throw it his way, as long as you put it within that catch radius. Um, you know, I think it's going to force other teams to put a bigger cornerback against him. Uh, you know, and that there are some smaller cornerbacks that match up well with the big guys, but in most cases, a guy that's six, three with length like his and the ability to go up and jump, uh, is a, is a serious matchup advantage for the offense. And so it just gives Rod Smith another tool to use in this offense. You know, I, I think he's a really good route runner. He's got great footwork for a guy that's six foot three. Uh, he's crisp in and out of his breaks, can run a lot of the intermediate routes. And, you know, he's only going to get better once he gets to college, gets that college level coaching, um, learn some of the more uh, detailed tips and tricks as far as getting in and out of his routes, route tree things, just the little details that are going to take him from good to great. Um, and, you know, he's got those traits that a lot of those schools that originally offered him saw, um, and it just kind of worked out that Illinois had always been in the picture, turned up the heat at the right time, made that connection, and, and got him on board. Yeah, Lou Hernandez is going to have to knock off a few seconds of that 40 if this guy's going to be an NFL prospect. But I look mm-hmm. at him at the college level, and he's just the kind of wide receiver who makes a quarterback better, right? Like, you can throw it up there, and he can go down and get it. Josh and Matt baby, we saw that. We've seen that from Ricky Smalling in his career, Malik Turner, Geronimo Allison, just those big kind of wide receivers uh, that, as you said, uh, can go up and get it, uh, can win the 50-50 balls and make them more 75-25 balls or whatever it is, red zone option, um, big play threat, not in speed, but just uh, in being able to go up and get it like that. So, yeah, I think Patrick Bryant, one thing I think he could be really good at is run blocking. And I think it's really underrated where two years ago in Rod Smith's first year, I thought Sam Mays was a great blocker. Ricky Smalling was a great blocker. And that really helped Reggie Corbin break some of those long runs. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to put a Bay Bay comp on him, but I think he's, you know, Sam Mays only a little bit more refined uh, coming into to college. And he obviously had a much better offer list than, than Sam Mays. So I think he's got the potential to be not only a starter, but a, a top wideout for whoever's going to be quarterback here down the line. Um, 
but at the, at the very least, I think he can be a contributor as kind of that big, uh, you know, big target who also can be a good run blocker and what is really a run heavy scheme for the most part. Yeah. And the other thing about him that really stood out when I watched his tape was he has really reliable hands. Um, you know, regardless of where it's thrown in his radius, you know, if it's thrown slightly behind him, if it's thrown over his head, if it's thrown out in front of him, he always catches the ball in the right way. He extends his arms away from his body, gets his hands out there, prepared to catch the football and catches it in stride and just keeps moving. Um, And so, you know, I think having a guy like that, that's reliable, that that catches the ball in the right way. It's, it's none of those where you don't have any wasted motion. Uh, He's able to, to catch it, you know, in a position that, that allows him to keep moving and gain extra yards after the catch. Yeah, he really attacks the ball with his hands, and then with his size, he, he can break tackles as well. And just talking with his coach, his coach seems to love him as a leader, as a teammate, as a worker. So that's always great to add to your team as well. Well, it's, it's a huge addition at a position of need, right? right like a couple of weeks ago, we're, we're pretty nervous about what are they getting at wide receiver? What are they getting with the offensive line? And while they have a long way to go, Patrick Bryant, solid start to your, to your uh, wide receiver crew in that class where you're probably going to have to add at least two more there. Brody Wisecarver, Brevin Jones, I'll add him in there, the transfer from Mississippi State. Those two are big additions for guys who I think are going to play roles pretty early on in their careers with an offensive line that loses so much talent. So while there's a long way to go with those positions, it's nice to check a few off the board. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't really until I started digging into the depth charts when I was when some of these guys started committing that I realized that I mean, they have some serious needs at wide receiver. They have some serious needs at linebacker. And I mean, we've always we've talked over several times over the last few months about how offensive line they graduate so much and have the potential to even lose Kendrick Green uh, if he does decide to go pro. But looking beyond that position, linebacker and wide receiver are also pretty critical positions in this recruiting cycle. So they're starting to make some moves there. Uh, I think getting guys like Rosiak and Trevor Moffat are great starts there. I think they probably still need one more at linebacker and they're still in the top, top group for a few guys out of the South. Um, and then also at the, at the wide receiver position, I, they might look for at least another outside guy, but probably another slot receiver with a guy like Trey Sidney graduating after this year. So I think even though they've gotten off to good starts at these positions, especially at receiver, they're going to need to get a couple more guys to to help bolster that depth in the long run. Well, offensive line, they need guys right away, but uh, those guys don't happen that much from the prep market. So it's going to be the guys on the roster. But yeah, just scholarship positions. I mean, I think they'll take four or five offensive linemen. They need at least three linebackers and at least three wide receivers, maybe end up taking four. So those are the three biggest quantity needs. And, and probably long-term, we're talking 20, 22, 23 roster. Uh, those are huge needs for this this class. Uh, they could add another wide receiver here shortly. I think he's a wide receiver. They're also recruiting him a little bit as a DB, which is another big need uh, in this class. But Theodore Lockley, a three-star out of Daytona Beach mainland where Kinoto Hudson used to be the defensive coordinator at that high school in mainland. Uh, but Theodore Lockley is announcing his commitment on Friday at noon uh, Eastern time, so 11 Central time. And uh, I, I'm going to throw in a crystal ball. I'll just let you know now. I'm going to throw in a crystal ball for Illinois. I know several of my 24-7 sports uh, cohorts have done that as well, Ryan. But I know you just watched this film. What do you think of Lockley? Well, I, I think he's he's actually really good. Um, you know, maybe not a star at any one thing. Um, and, you know, to an extent, 
the quarterback play has as an impact on some of his film. You know, there were a few underthrown balls here, some timing, timing issues here and there, but it's hard to deny his speed. He's fast. Um, you know, he's a guy that if he gets separation and gets behind a defense, he's gone. It's there's few guys that can really catch him. You know, he's not a sub four, four guy, but he's probably a legitimate four, four guy. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that claim to be four, four guys and aren't four, four guys, but I, I think Lockley is either upper four, four, maybe right on that four five cusp. Are you but saying, I, are you saying the huddle claims are not true that every time you see that 40 time on huddle, it's not true. I, I just say, there's a lot of guys who say, well, my 40 was hand timed, <laughs> but you know, he's, he's a guy that if he can get loose either out of the slot or even sometimes on the outside, uh, and he's pretty good at, at beating off of the, uh, get the uh, coverage and like press coverage at the line of scrimmage and getting away from that. Um, and so once he gets behind his defender, he's hard, uh, he's hard to catch up to. Uh, and so he's, he's definitely a guy that can take the top off the defense. He runs some pretty good intermediate routes. Uh, route running probably needs a little bit of polishing, but you know, he's a guy that's just got that, that speed and explosiveness that you really don't have on the roster right now. So again, he brings some of those traits that, uh, that when you put everything together, um, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's the other thing with a guy like Pat Bryant, when you combine him with uh, Luke Ford and Daniel Barker, each of these guys being out there, the threat that they present on their own right. means that the defense has one more thing to account for. And so when you look at a guy like Pat Bryant compared, combined with Theodore Lockley, you've got a guy that you've got to watch going deep because he's so fast, but you also have to respect the intermediate route running of Pat Bryant. So that creates spacing issues for the defense and you have different threats at different levels that give Rod Smith a lot more tools to play with. Yeah. It's the arsenal, right? Like these guys complement each other and it gives Rod Smith a lot of toys, which to be honest with you, he hasn't had here yet, which I'm so interested to see what he does this year when he's got a Matt Torbebe, you hope with Smalling and Sydney as they recover from injuries, you had some good running backs with Epstein and Chase Brown, and you feel deep at that position. You feel like you have some speed threats now with Trayvon Sidney, uh, Kyron Cumbie. Um, Luke Ford is free. Luke Ford, Daniel Barker, tight ends, the best group we've seen there in a long, long time. So I'm interested to see how he uses all those and how they kind of play off each other and how he balances that. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of that fit. I, I don't think Theodore Lockley is going to be the leading receiver for Illinois, but I do think he can have like five long touchdowns in a year. <laughs> I think he could be one of those guys that every couple of times he, t he gets the ball, it's a deep threat or something like that. It's a deep ball where he gets behind the defense. So yeah, I, I think Lockley, he's got speed and, and that's what they need. He reminds me, and I told you this, he reminds me of Justin Hardy, who never really ended up working all that well at Illinois. Didn't Wasn't that productive? And then obviously he's had a great here, I would say, for what we thought it'd be NFL career, where he's kind of found a role as a, a DB. And, and maybe Lockley ends up as a defensive back because he's got range, he's got speed, maybe he could be a safety back there. But I think the fit is wide receiver. Rod Smith has gotten more uh, involved in this recruitment, and I think that's where Lockley wants to play. Which, by the way, his, his final four is Boston College, ECU, uh, Bowling Green, and Illinois. And, and that sounds about right to me. Um, but I, I do think he gives Illinois what they need on offense, which is more speed. Plus, unlike Cumbie, and, and I think James Frenchie's probably around 5'10", Lockley looks like a legit 5'11", 6 foot. Uh, he's got a little bit of size, a little bit of strength to him, which uh, some of the other slot guys here at Illinois don't have. So I do think you could put him out at the perimeter sometimes. You could put him in uh, the slot at times. 
Yeah, I think one of the things I, I saw in his film that he consistently did well was when he was lined up in the slot, um, especially when he was able to generate some speed off of the line of scrimmage. Uh, he is really good at kind of leaning his body a little bit, getting the defense to start flowing one way and then splitting the defense, just turning on the afterburners and getting deep. Um, he makes a lot of catches kind of over the middle of the field uh, where he's able to get the safeties out of position, get behind the linebackers and get open uh, in that zone of the field uh, just by, you know, manipulating the defense with his body and his moves. So it um, seems like a guy that, that understands zone defenses pretty well and how to beat them. Um, and the other thing too is, I mean, he played part-time quarterback and wasn't half bad. So, <laughs> you know, on top of just being a receiver, he kind of understands the play architecture as a whole, what a quarterback's going to be looking for and, and what he needs to do to help out his quarterback. So, you know, the more, you know, the better you play. Maybe the comp is Traynard Davis with more speed. <laughs> maybe. Because he was recruited as a wide receiver DB, played at both positions, played some quarterback as well. So maybe similar similar size. Uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the comp, both Florida guys. Uh, all right. I, I think some people would be listening to this, Ryan, and being like, okay, that's fine. Those guys could be good, uh, but these aren't quite the level of recruits Illinois fans are yearning for. Which I would say in a 25 person class, which we expect, you're not going to get a full class of those, right? You got to find guys who, who fit your needs. But I, I do think that the, the issue here the last couple years is you'd expect at this point of the process, especially coming after a bowl game, where you'd win more that are like Brody Weiscarver, right? You know, top 500 recruitments, you know, win for those top guys in state, win for some of those top guys in St. Louis, or find yourself in a top 24 7 you know, out of state in Florida or Georgia. And, and and that hasn't happened yet. So while I like these pieces and we'll see how they develop and we'll, we'll grade it five years from now, um, I, I think that would be the concern of this class. Isn't what they're adding, Ryan, it's that they aren't adding as many of those top 500 quality guys. Yeah, and, and I think some of that has to do with the current environment of, of the recruiting cycle. You know, this is a very unprecedented recruiting cycle with everything that's going on in the in the U.S. right now and in the world. Um, and that's not to say that some of those top 500 guys won't open back up late in the cycle and possibly consider uh, a school like Illinois if they decommit from wherever they're committed to now. Um, and of course, too, you know, if, if there is a season and um, if some of these guys see Illinois making progress and if Illinois does go out, get off to a hot start, that's a great opportunity for them to really go out and put their put their foot to the gas and try and close out on some of those uh, upper level guys that aren't yet committed. Um, you know, a lot of schools that are kind of in that traditionally successful tier have, have pressed earlier than they normally would have for some of those guys in that 250 to 500 range in the rankings uh, just to have those spots filled. Um, but once, you know, as things tend to, you know, develop over the course of the season over the next few months, as they approach signing day, you know, once the dead period, if the dead period hmm. ever ends, um, you know, things could change. The, the landscape could very much change as they're able to have contact with these guys on campus. You know, the, once the visits are no longer exclusively virtual, um, you know, maybe there are some guys that they get to see Illinois in a light that they didn't get to see before. Uh, and, you know, that's a big part of it. But I think the biggest part of it is come down to you got to win on the field. And even though they had a good year last year, I think a lot of people still want the proof that they can do it again. And they're set up well to do it this year. It's just a matter of going out and executing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think the end of the season took away some of the buzz that they could have had losing three games in a row. Uh, and you just didn't win some early recruitments. But I will say, 
Lovey Smith adjusted here, right? It took him a little bit longer than some other schools, but he adjusted here where they're like, okay, let's get this class going. Once they realized, okay, we're not going to have visits in May. We're not going to have visits in June or July. Let's push for some of these commitments. They've done really well with these virtual visits. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if we thought they'd have, you know, probably at the end of this month, at the end, going into July, they'll probably have 10, right? Like they'll probably have 10 and that's a good start. And then you kind of reset, see what happens during the season. Uh, we know they're going to be active on the transfer market as well. So they've always set a foundation. And as we said, Ryan, they've addressed needs. So you feel like you're not going to be, catching up completely. I mean, they, they are probably, when you look at the rest of the Big Ten, yeah, they're a little behind in numbers. Uh, but when you compare to some Pac-12 schools or Big 12 schools, they're kind of right on what those schools are doing. Yeah, and I mean, again, there's always going to be that push at the very end too. Um, you know, in, in at least the last three or four years, it always seems like maybe a third of the class really gets closed out in the last two or three weeks. And it's kind of that final scramble as the game of musical chairs comes to a close. It's, all right, it's crunch time. Let's Let's close this out. Um, and so, especially if they have a good season heading into that time where signing day is coming up, um, you know, I think that's when they can really just, just double down, um, turn up, turn up the gas and, and get to work. Uh, if they have another bowl season, especially, you know, depending on what that bowl season looks like, if they're able to get guys on campus during some of those bowl practices, um, you know, that's a great opportunity for them to seize that momentum and, and really, uh, capitalize on another year of success. All right, Ryan. So six of the eight commitments in this class are from Florida and Georgia. So is Illinois tapping the Florida Georgia mine? Huh? Huh? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I wish you I had it. a. I really wish I had a pun to come back to that. Um, but no, I mean it's it's fertile recruiting fertile recruiting ground. You could say they're finding some diamonds in that mine. Hey, um, but uh, no, I, I think I think they're doing well down there. It's they're cruising uh, down there, aren't they? Oh my god! <laughs> I think it's about beer thirty, man. <laughs> um, no, I, I they're doing well, and the, and they're they're getting returns there. That's that's the big thing. Is you know, I, I think yes, they do need to get back into the state. We've talked about this ad nauseum and beat it to death, but. And I think eventually that happens as as they prove more on the field. But right now, I mean, like, if you're not getting if you're not getting what you need out of the state, and you know, you can tweak that over the next year or two as far as your approach goes and mend some of those fences, build relationships. But you know, they're doing well right now in Florida, and and in order to keep advancing the program, they need to keep landing guys out of states like Florida and Georgia, um, where they're able to get players of kind of that equivalent talent level of a top twenty five in state per player. You know, they may not be landing too many top in-state guys in, in 2021, uh, but they're landing guys who would be in, inside that top 25 in the state of Illinois. Uh, when you compare overall ratings and hold them side by side, as far as the ratings go in the rankings. So, you know, I, I think they're doing well in Florida and Georgia, and I think they'll probably continue to do that until they're able to uh, start making some better inroads in the state. And I think they're, they're doing that. I mean, you've seen the initiative with, with Ashton Washington mm -hmm. uh, partnering with coaches to reach out to more programs within the state of Illinois to try and um, grow those relationships again. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really been a while since Illinois has had strong relationships, like strong regular relationships right. with the state. And, you know, that's what she was one of, or at least one of many things she was brought in to do. Um, 
And so for her to jump headfirst into the deep end on this and, and get the coaches involved, you know, I, I think it's a good sign that they're at least trying to take the right steps to make progress in that area. Can't hurt. I, I don't know if it'll pay immediate dividends, but it can't hurt for the long term. So it is good uh, to see Ashton kind of working at that and getting the other coaches involved. Uh, if, if Illinois lands Lockley, they out of the 87 prep guys to commit slash sign with Illinois, 31 from Florida, Ryan. You could say that's how they roll. Oh, man. This is how we Dude, roll. You, you've been writing these down the whole time, haven't you? <laughs> I just looked up a song. I only know a couple of Florida Georgia Line songs. The bro country, Jeremy, not so much. Jeremy muted his mic and was frantically Googling Florida Georgia Line lyrics in uh, the background. Songs, songs, yeah. Uh, it was definitely doing that. Uh, but it makes sense, right? There's so much talent down there. Um, and I, I know it's kind of been a pastime now. Who's a Penny Squay that's doing this recently on our board of how these guys would rank in state, um, which is fine if you want to put it into a little bit of perspective. But um, yeah, there's just so much talent down there that Illinois can go find, you know, some guys who got a little bit of Power Five or interest and, and might have a lot more uh, if they were up in Illinois because Florida is obviously recruited very, very heavily, but there's enough talent to kind of squeak through um, that uh, Illinois can can take advantage of that and kind of get the leftovers there. That's that's kind of always been the case. And if you're not recruiting Florida, it, it doesn't make much sense, Ryan, especially when you got a guy like Lovey Smith um, who, who's got a lot of respect down there from his days in Tampa and obviously just as a head coach in, in the NFL. Uh, but Kinoto Hudson obviously has ties down there, and uh, it wouldn't make sense for a Big Ten school not really to go to Florida. Yeah, and I mean I- – and this is no slight on Illinois whatsoever because there's definitely a lot of great talent that comes out of the state of Illinois, but you know, it's kind of a big fish, small pond thing. The pond is a lot bigger in states like Florida and Georgia and Texas. Um, and you get even bigger fish. So, you know, even if you're not catching those, those prize fish or those trophy fish, you're still getting some, some decent size fish out of those ponds and out of those lakes um, that maybe, you know, the top guys aren't fishing for. And, and there's still, you know, there's still somebody that brings a lot of value to your program. They bring a lot of, of talent and traits um, that can make your program better. So, you know, I think eventually if you can get back to the point where you you're better equipped to get some of those bigger fish out of your own pond, mm-hmm. then you do that. But, you know, if there's nothing more frustrating than going out for an entire day of fishing and not catching anything and watching everybody else in the same pond, catch all the fish. So, you know, if, if it means going to a different pond to go fish so you can, you can actually catch something and bring something home, then by all means do it. I like how you just ran with that. You just ran with that analogy. That was fantastic. Just cast and tug. <laughs> um, before I let you go, I, I'm a fan of one recent offer here, Ryan, and usually I just don't, you know, go to a podcast and talk about one offer, but uh, the Chevy Brenson kid. Uh, out of St. Louis, CBC, which, as you know, is a really, really good program. Um, and, and Demetrius Cannon's going to make a decision here soon, and Louisville's getting some crystal ball picks there. Kid out of Trinity Catholic, who I've seen at camps be great. Uh, he, he won a wide receiver MVP over a day when Marcus Washington, James Frenchie, Mookie Cooper, a bunch of great guys were there. Uh, but I've seen him in games, too, and it just hasn't translated onto the field quite as much. A good prospect. It would be a good get for whoever gets him. But I watched Chevy Brunson in his film and his athleticism, and they're kind of both hybrid wide receiver slash tight ends. Uh, I'm a fan of Brunson, and if they get him, um, and I think they'd probably lead for him right now, 
uh, I think that'd be a good get. And I know people would be more excited about Cannon because he's higher ranked, but uh, I think they're comparable prospects. Yeah, and I, I got a chance to see Cannon play last year at the East St. Louis Gateway Scholars Classic against East St. Louis. And, you know, it definitely it definitely hurt Cannon uh, not having a very experienced quarterback back there. They, they were playing a really young quarterback in, in Tyler Cotton. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he probably had a really great connection with Isaiah Williams the first couple of years. And, and now he's, he's trying to rebuild it. It was early in the season and I'm, I'm sure he probably got better as the year went on, but, you know, as a receiver, Cannon's a, a big body. He's a guy that can win some of those battles against cornerbacks. He's not really a burner, but he's got some decent speed. Um, but when you look at him as a potential tight end, he doesn't necessarily have that prototypical tight end size and length. So he'd be a little bit of a tweener, kind of in that Daniel Barker mm-hmm. type of range. But then you look at you look at Brenson, and he's he's almost that guy. And I haven't looked to see if he also plays basketball, but it would not surprise he me does. one bit if he does. He does, yeah. And then he's yeah. he's a pretty good player, from what I've heard. He uh, he can go uh, dunk it off two feet without getting a running start, basically. So. Yeah. And so, you know, when I watched his film, I see a lot of the same and maybe not as refined as Leo Blackburn was, Yeah, but I see a lot of the same traits that those guys have as far as just how fluid they are. They have great being basketball players. They've got good footwork, uh, good leaping ability, and he just knows how to go up and get it. And so, you know, mentally when he's a basketball player, he's out there thinking, I got to go up and sky over everybody to get the rebound on the football field. He's, I got to go up and sky over these guys uh, to go up and get the football. And you know, matching him up on linebackers is, is a real mismatch. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you want an Illinois comp, he's got a lot of the same traits as another former Illinois tight end that was a big hooper in Lou Dorsey, Mm -hmm. uh, who took a couple years away from football to play basketball and then came back to football. But Brenson, you know, I I think you look at that film and it's it's another one of those, like this guy keeps doing what he does. He's going to get a lot more offers late in the cycle. Um, and so, you know, it would not surprise me at all to see Illinois go after him, especially just given that he's got that size and athletic combination, um, that makes him kind of a unique, a unique weapon at the tight end position. All right, Ryan, is there any other Florida Georgia line references we need to get in here while we're at Well, I I told you before we got on this pod that, you know, if if we were going to set a bet, for how many Florida and Georgia recruits end up signing with Illinois at the end of the recruiting cycle? Where are we setting the Florida Georgia <laughs> line? All right. The whole cycle. Um, so I, I think they'll probably take 20 high school commits somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah tra- transfers not included. Right. So it should be a 25 man class and they might take some blue shirts next year as well. But I, I would say a handful of transfers. Right. And then, probably I'll set the line at 11 and a half. I go over over. Yeah. I I think I'm kind of with you on that. I think they'll probably get 10 out of Florida and they already got two out of Georgia and might add another one or two. So I go over. That's where that's where they're getting most of these kids right now. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, And you know, especially when you look around, like they may get one or two more out of Missouri. They probably end up getting a couple guys out of Texas. You know, they're recruiting some defenders out of Texas. Um, but yeah, I mean they're still they're still pushing in Florida and Georgia. Um, get their shine on. They, what? Get their shine on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I uh, have I've been searching to just Florida Georgia long. Uh, Florida uh, Georgia line. I hope we get to show the video of this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, man. See ya. 
Hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. I had a good time with Ryan Easterling there and uh, breaking down the latest with Illini football. And if you want more, we have plenty of breakdown at the site. As I said, I'm putting a crystal ball pick in very soon. And you can read why I'm putting that in and uh, what it means for Illinois coming up. The latest on Illinois football recruiting Derek Piper's been very busy with the 2022 basketball. He's going to have a lot of spotlights there, breaking everything down from that angle as well. For the latest news, go to Illini Inquirer. And uh, if you have this on Wednesday, it's your last opportunity. Uh, on Thursday, this deal will be done. You can get two months of Illini Inquirer VIP access for just $1. So if you want to try it out for two months, see what you think, you can get it for just $1. Sign up at IlliniInquirer.com. Thanks for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast. If you don't already, find us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Line Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.